it is difficult the with the when the neshama leaves the guf, it is as difficult. Like cables being dragged up through the through the windpipe. Even more painful, like uh, ropes, like uh, bundled up knots and ropes. Relevi says, Bar Chaisa that was nifter from the dead. When you're leaving away from the dead, don't say go to peace, go in peace. But if you're leaving someone who is alive, then what do you say? Don't say go to peace, rather say go in peace. Go towards peace, I'm sorry. Why? When one is leaving a dead body, a dead person, then you don't say go to peace, go, you say go in peace, as it's written. So Hashem is speaking to, uh, to, um, to, and now you will be buried in a, in a, you'll be buried in a, in a, at a hoary old age, as we say. So that was the lesson of Bishalim to go in peace. If someone leaves someone who is alive, then you don't say go to peace. Rather, you say go towards peace. Go in peace. And he went and he died. Go towards peace, and went and was successful. Anybody who goes from the basic nessus from the shul straight to the house of learning. When we base the majors, the basic nessus from the house of learning straight to the shul, they will merit to have a situation where they will be able to accept the face of Hashem in their dwelling. How do we know this? As it says, You should go from strength to strength. You will see Hashem in Zion. The Torah scholars, they won't even have peace even in the world to come. So he has an interesting way to interpret this, but he's saying it's like this. He's saying that the tzaddikim, the righteous people, even when they go to heaven, they will find themselves not resting. And it doesn't mean that they won't be, they'll be hard at work, you know, um, shoveling stuff in hell. That's not what it means. What it means is they'll be hard at work learning Torah. The same way they were hard at work learning Torah doing mitzvahs in this world, in the world to come, they will be hard at work in the mitzvahs of Hashem, learning Torah and never resting. And that was that's what it means to go from strength to strength. Yerah lekim b'tzion, hachin alach ve'elam galchin u'salikos. 
Okay, we finished my Where's Alachayim? Alachayim, I thank you for, for pinging me. I forgot what night it was. It was so... I was expecting you here, actually. I don't know. What are you going to do? I was... It's been ask? a hectic... It's, it's been a very hectic week, and I just couldn't... Uh, yeah. I couldn't do it, unfortunately. I can't say I would have minded staying home, either. It would have been nice, too. <laughs> what are you going to do? Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's get started. Ready? Since we begin... Yeah, let me get, the, get my other more. You can start. I can just go on the other side of the room. Okay, fine. So, everybody's obligated in Re'iya. What is Re'iya? Re'iya means this mitzvah that the Torah tells us. Re'iya that everybody has to go to the Beis HaMikdash three times a year, right? So everyone is obligated in this, except for, and then the Mishnah gives a pretty long list. Chutz a shaita v'katan. A shaita is a deaf mute. A shaita is a, um, a, uh, someone who's not uh, mentally there and a katan. And also a tumtum, also someone who's a tumtum, but androgynous. Androgynous is someone who has um, two different types of uh, sexual disorders where they're not exactly men, not exactly women. Vinashim, also women, but also vavad, and also servants. Sheinim mashukhuram have not yet been freed. Hachiger vahasuma, the lame and the blind. Vahachayla, and those who are ill. Vahazakin and the elderly. Umishin yachalalis paragdam, and someone who's not able to use his feet. So all of these categories are exempt from the mitzvah. So everyone is obligated except for all of these categories. Now, is that a katan? What's the definition of a katan that is no that is not yet obligated in the mitzvah of Riyah, going up to the Harabayas, going to, to the Temple Mount three times a year? Anybody who's not able to ride on their father's shoulders. And to go up from Yerushalayim to Harabayas. That's what Yerushalayim the Phil says, no, if they're even if they're able to ride on their father's shoulders, they're still not obligated to go. They're only obligated to go once they have the ability to hold onto their father's hand and walk themselves. How do we know that? Right? It's just specifically, by the way, from Yubushalayim to Harabayas. It doesn't mean that they can't be able, that they, they have to be able to walk all the way from Be'er Sheva to Yubushalayim. That it doesn't mean. It means that once they get to Yubushalayim, they have to be able to walk from Yubushalayim to Harabayas. It says, Shalish Regalim. So it's a play on words. Regalim. He could have said shalosh mayadim, the three holidays. Instead, it says shalosh regalim. What does regal mean? Regal is, it implies at least some connection to, to, um, to, to walking. So therefore, Basil says this is an asmachta. This is some sort of an asmachta that to be old enough to to go to the to the base hamikdash, be obligated in the mitzvah of elas ela regal. You have to be someone who is in the category. You have to be someone who's in the category of. Um, of, of being able to use your feet properly. The question is, what sort of, how much does the amount of money that you're spending on the carbonates that you're going to be bringing when you come as a as an oil regal, how much is it supposed to be? So Beishame says that the re'iya is two, is two, two things of kasef. Chagiga ma'a kasef. Chagiga is one ma'a of kasef. You know exactly how much money should be spent is is different, uh, you know, based on Beishame or based Hello. Okay, so Zak Tegemar, Hakol Asuyei when it says all, what's it coming to include? In other words, typically when it says Hakol, it means it's including something that was not inherently understood. Over here, we basically could have said all men, 
who are not lame. That's basically what we said. So why do you have to say also hakol? Hakol typically is coming Battery to include something medium. that was not necessarily understood before. Battery, medium. Battery, medium. Battery, medium. So So what it's coming to teach you is it's coming to include someone who is half Eved, half Ben Chayrin. How do you have someone who's half Eved, half Ben Chayrin? Like this, there were two partners. And those two partners, whether they were two partners because they inherited this fellow or whether they're two partners because they went into a partnership from the beginning to buy this individual. One of those two partners freed their partner and one of these two partners did not free their partner. Now, we're going to see is a fascinating person, right? He's, he's uh, somewhat neutral, right? He's ungendered, so to speak, almost, right? Not quite, but almost. What happens exactly? But according to Ravina, who says that if someone is half Eved and half a free man, then indeed he is exempt from going up to Yerushalayim. Then what is the word hakol, all, what is it coming to include? It's coming to include a chiger. Right, it's coming to include a chiger b'yem rishon. It's coming to include someone who was not able to, who had some sort of an injury on the first day of Yom Tov and was not able to make his way up to Yerushalayim. Ben ispashet b'yem sheni, and then on the second day he was able to make it up. So he's obligated in oyler Now the Gemara is now going to say is that's not so simple. Why is he obligated in oyler if he was handicapped on the first day? The only reason why he's obligated in oyler if he was handicapped on the first day must be. Because the obligation to go up, as we will see in a minute, is you have an obligation to make up for the fact that you didn't get there in time, okay? But that obligation is not only an obligation to make up for the first day that you missed it, it's an obligation to make up for any of the future days as well that you missed it. And we'll explain why, very simple. If your obligation... Um, so it makes sense to say that on the second day, if he heals, he has to go. If you hold like the one who says, that any day that you missed, you have to make up on the next day. But if you say that all of the later days of Yom Tif, when you have to bring a carbon because you missed it on an earlier day, it's really only just coming from the original day. It can't come to include this guy because this guy, he wasn't obligated on the first day because he was too, he was too ill to come on the first day. And once he's not obligated on the first day, he never has another obligation. So what's that call coming to include then? It's coming to include um, I lost the place. It's coming to include someone who is blind in one eye. And not like this other Tana. The Tanya we learned in a vice. Somebody is blind in one of their eyes. They are exempt from says The same way that you are coming up to see, you're also coming up to be seen. Just like you come to see, you have to be able to see in two eyes. So too, if you're coming to be seen, it has to be able to be seen in both eyes. So therefore, this person who's blind in one of his eyes, he's not going to be able to, he's not going to be obligated to come up. Maybe you could say the way that we said originally, that indeed we're talking about a situation where the person, the reason why I said hakal, it was coming to include also someone who's half slave, half free man. Well, according to Ravino, it says that half slave, half free man is not obligated. Like cash, it's not a question. Can commissioner shine? Can commissioner Are you going with the later part of the Mishnah or the earlier part of the Mishnah? What do we mean by this? It's like this. We have a machlekes tanoim, the tanan we learned in the Mishnah. You know, somebody who's half servant and half free man. He serves himself one day, then he serves his master the next day. 
They have solved the problem of how to work for their master, but they haven't solved the problem for themselves. What does this mean? Lisa They can't marry a woman who's a maidservant. Right? A, a Jewish man who is a, a Jewish servant is allowed to marry a maidservant. Over here, this guy is half Jewish servant and half freed already. He can't marry a maidservant anymore because now he's half free. He can't marry a woman who's free, a regular woman, a regular Jewish woman, because he can't marry her either because he's half servant. We're going to ask him to just to rest and without marrying anybody. The world has been created for creation. And you cannot take that away from him. You can't deny him his rights. So it has to be one way or the other that he can fulfill his rights. Um, as it says, Right, the pasuk says in Yeshayo that it, it's not a wasteland. Hashem has created it to become an inhabited area. So rather, the halacha is that we actually force mishum tikkun olam. This is one of the few places and places in the Gemara where we talk about tikkun olam, and it says that for the sake of the betterment of the world, so we actually will force his master, who already still owns one half, of him to <coughs> set him free, and he'll owe him the money. And I'll write him, I owe you for the half of the half of the money. And Basil indeed follows the opinion of Beis Shammai. So indeed, then what we're saying is that everyone agrees that a chatzia and chatzia ben chayren indeed is really obligated to become freed and therefore is obligated to go up to Yerushalayim uh, to Raga. Okay. Excluding a cheresh, a shaita, or a katan. Right? We put the case of a cheresh together with a shaitavikat. Just like someone who doesn't really have mental faculties and a child, the Labani they don't really have their knowledge, their mind is not really mature. It must be that a deaf mute also doesn't have the ability to think clearly. And it's coming to teach you, like we learned in the Mishnah. It's not someone who is both deaf and also mute. Someone who's able to speak or not able to hear. Someone's able to hear but not able to speak. They would be obligated. Tanina, this, this proves that which we went to the Brice. Someone's able to speak but not able to hear. That's someone who's a cheresh. If you're able to hear, you're not able to speak. That's a mute. If they're able to do both, then they're considered completely, uh, in, in fact, control their faculties for all matters. How do you know that if someone speaks but does not hear? That's called the Kharash. If he's able to hear but he's not able to speak. That's called mute. I was like a Kharash and I wasn't able to hear and I was like a Elim and my mouth was not opening. Or we could say the, the way that people speak colloquially this concept of um, the ishtakel that were taken away from him, Yulule, his words. If he's able to hear or not able to speak, or vice versa, then he is still obligated in going up. But Tanya, where we learned in a If he could hear, but he can't speak, or if he can speak, but can't hear, Patra is exempt from going up. You have to say something's missing. You have to read it. Everyone is obligated to go up to Yerushalayim for Ayla Regal and Archaev in the mitzvah of Simcha, of being rejoicing, uh, joyful on the holiday, except for the Cheresh HaMedaber, 
the Ene Shemeya, except for a Kharash who's able to hear, is able to speak but not able to hear, or Shemeya Vene Madaba, or able to hear but not able to speak. Shapatr Menariya, they're exempt from going up. Even though they're exempt from going up, they're still obligated in Simcha. But the one who's not even able to speak or hear, or someone who does not have mental faculties or a child is exempt even from joy. Rejoicing. They're exempt from all messages that are mentioned. I learned advice like this as well. Everyone is obligated in Re'iyah. Excluding a Kharash who speaks but is not able to hear. Or if he is that they are exempt from Re'iyah, from, from going up to be seen. Even though they are exempt from Re'iyah, from going up to Yerushalayim, on the holiday, they're still chayi basimcha. They're still obligated in the mitzvah of rejoicing. Now, but someone who can't hear or speak, those are even exempt from from the mitzvah of simcha. Because really, they're exempt from all mitzvahs that are stated in the Torah. They're not obligated in. Why is it that when it comes to Aliyah Larega, we say they're exempt when it comes to Mitzvah of Simcha, they're obligated? So, Zakta Gemara, when it comes to Re'iyah, we derive based on Xerah Shava, a comparison of the fact that it says Re'iyah by Mitzvah of going up on Shalash Regalim to the Mitzvah of Hakel. What's Hakel? Hakel is that on the second day of Sukkot, on Matzah Shemitah, at the end of the Shemitah year, right after the Shemitah year was over, the king would go up to Yerushalayim and he would and he would sit down in the base of Mikdash and he would read selected portions of Devarim in front of everyone. And over there it says Re'iyah, and over here it says Re'iyah. It says, gather together the people, the men, the women, and the children. And it's also written, when all of Kali Yisrael came to see. And over there, how do we know? As it's written, it says over there that they should hear and they should be able to, to learn. So since it says there they should hear and be able to learn, so that exempts people who can't really hear. So we learn over there, Brisa, and when it says that they have to be able to hear, it's teaching you that if they're able to speak, but they're not able to hear, they're not going to be included in the mitzvah coming up for Hakel. If they're not able to be included in the mitzvah coming up for Hakel, then we learn out from Hakel to, to our case. Of right, Aliyah Leraika, and we say that they're both exempt. And then also it says, that, that for the purposes of being able to teach, that's going to exclude someone who's able to hear but not able to speak, because if you're not able to speak, then also you're going to be exempt. Is that to say that just because you can't hear something, therefore, I'm sorry, just because you can't speak, that means you can't understand? That's not true. There was once two mute people, the Habe Beshevi Vusei, the Rebbe, Bunny. But was, I'm sorry, we say the Rebbe, that they were in the neighborhood of Rebbe. There were two mute people. B'nei Barte, the Rebbe Yechem and These were the grandsons of Rebbe Yechem and Gugayda. B'amrilo, B'nei Achse, the Rebbe Yechem and Some people say they were the nephews of Rebbe Yechem and Gugayda. The Chalei must have a Ayel Rebbe, the Bey Mujash, whenever Rebbe would go to the base measures to teach Torah. Have a Ayel Rebbe Yasset Kamayo, they would go sit in the front row. Uminaydu, Bere Shayu, Umarachashin, Sefseisayu. And they were clearly moving their, their hands and they were clearly trying to mouth things with their mouth, but they weren't able to make any noise. But it was clear that there was some level of understanding. And even more than that, what happened? <coughs> Rabbi Rachmi Elayu, Rabbi David, for mercy for them, from Hashem. 
and they were healed. And turns out that these people who always thought were, were dumb because they weren't able to speak, turns out they knew everything from beginning to end once they were healed. So we see that just because you are a deaf mute, just because you're a deaf, I'm sorry, a mute, does not mean that you don't have the ability to understand. So what do you mean that they, they're, they're exempt because they can't learn? That's not true. So read it not as it, that you, for the sake of you learning, but rather for the sake of you teaching. And since they can't speak, they cannot teach. Maybe I'll say it means that for the sake of teaching, sake of learning. And since you're not able to, then you don't have to worry about it. Even since you can't hear, you're not going to be able to learn. That we already would have derived from the fact that it says for the sake of coming to hear. So rather, it's clear that this passage is actually meant to be read as for the sake of being able to teach. And someone who is a mute cannot teach. If somebody is deaf in one ear, they are exempt from the mitzvah of going up. It says, in their ears. And this Azneim is necessary to teach you in the ears of all Klal Yisrael. So you can't say that Azneim is coming to teach you that you have to be able to hear with both of your ears. Because it's actually coming to teach you that all of Klal Yisrael needs to be able to hear. That was derived from the fact that the Pasuk says that it should be opposite or corresponding to the entire Klal Yisrael. If it was just from that Pasuk, I would have said that even if they can't hear at all. So um, therefore, the pasuk says, "In their ears." And there's some other case where they were able to hear. Now, that which we're saying that it have to be able to hear, that's actually derived from it says that they should be able to hear. Someone's not able to walk on one foot; they're crippled in one foot, then they're exempt from going up. Also, it says regalim, plural feet. Regalim is already needed to teach you that someone who has a peg leg can't does not obligate it to come. Well, that's actually learned from the fact that it says pa'amim, which also means steps. Nafka. Tanya, pa'amim in pa'in pa'amim ala regalim. Pa'amim just means feet. So to it says, it says that um the foot will cause it to come down, and even the, the feet of the poor people, and even the steps of the dalim, of those who are destitute. How beautiful are your, are your steps in, the, in your sandals, the daughter of the, of the generous one. Darish Rava, Rava says, What does this mean? This statement that how beautiful are your steps in, the, in, your, in, the, in your shoes, the daughter of the, of the generous one. How beautiful are the steps of the What how beautiful are the steps when Kali Yisrael is going up Right? Now, what does it mean the Bas the daughter of the generous one? What is the reference to? The daughter of Avram Avinu, who was called the generous one. The, the princes of the people are gathered together, the people of uh, the God of Abraham. Is it really the God of Abraham and not the God of Yitzchak and Yaakov? Because he was the first one of the converts. Ghana says in the name of What does it mean when it says that the pit was empty and there was no water in it? 
Is it not then obvious that there's no water in it? If I say it's empty, of course there's no water in it. It's empty. So rather, what's come to tell you is there's no water, but there are snakes and scorpions. We learned in they went to accept him or to greet him. What was the novel thought that was taught in the Bismajr today? They said, You're asking us, we're your students and we're, we drink from your water. You're asking us to tell you something novel? It's not possible to say that there's a Bismajr that had no new thought in it. Must be that there was something new. Shabbos Shalmi Haisa, whose Shabbos was this past week, was supposed to be giving the Drasha. Shabbos Shalmi Ben Azariah Haisa. So Shabbos Shalmi Ben Azariah. And what was this Haggadah that he said over? He said the theme was about, about Hakka. He spoke about the, the Parsha of Hakka. So, what did he say? Right? He says like this. He says that when the Pasuk says that you should gather together the people, the men, the women, and the children. If the men are coming to do a serious learning job and the women are coming to listen to the Torah, so why are the children coming for Hakel? To give merit to those who are bringing them that they get the merit of having brought their children. This is a beautiful idea. You heard a beautiful idea from Elizabeth Nazaria and you didn't want to tell it to me. You're going to cause me to lose it. It says in the Pasuk like this. It says, um, you have chosen Hashem today. Hashem has chosen you today. So like this. Um, you have made me the, the unique space in this world. And I will make you my unique space in this world. You have made me unique space in this world. What do we say? We say that Hashem, hero Israel, Hashem, our God, Hashem is the only God. And I will make you one unique portion in this world. And who is like the people of Israel? One nation in this land. And so too he also said, so to Hashem, not Hashem, sorry, so to um, Rabbi Lezer ben Azariah said further, the words of the Chacham are like goats, right? The special sticks that they would use to, to, to goad on their cattle, their cattle. It says that the words of the Chacham, this is in, in, um, in, at, right at the end, or towards the end of, of uh, Kehelas, of Ecclesiastes. And it says, like, the words of the wise are like these uh, sticks, these prods to send people on. And they're like, well-driven nails are the words of the people who gather together assemblies. All, all these words that were given from one shepherd. Why are the words of the Torah compared to a goat? Just like the, the goat directs the, the cow to the right um, to the right furrow, which should be um, plowing, for the sake that it will bring forth life in the future to this world. Beautiful idea, right? The words of the Torah will bring you from a life, which is really death, to a way which is really life. So that means that we have to recognize, though, that that's based on you're plowing in this world for the world to come. And the words of the Chachamim will ensure that you end up in the right space.
But you might think like this. You might think that just as the nail ends up makes a, when you push a nail into the wall, it makes a hole in the wall and it doesn't make it greater, it makes it smaller on some level. Maybe I think the same thing about the Torah. So therefore the Torah says, that it's well planted. Just like when you plant something, it grows and, and increases. So too, after Vaitera, and so too, after Vaitera, Manatum, Zu, Para, Verave, after Vaitera, Para, and Verave. Finally, as Sukhas, the gatherers, the people who are uh, masters of gathering, Elo, Tamil, Chavim, Mikro, Tamil, Chavim, Sheyesh, Vina, Sukhas, as Sukhas, or Eskum, Matera, that they're sitting together in gatherings and they are Isaac, Matera. Halolo, Metamin, Halolo, Mataran. These ones want to make the Somebody tummy, these ones want to make somebody taught her. Lolo Aisum, Lolo Matirin. These days say this one should become tummy, this one should become, this one should become forbidden, this one should become permitted. Alolo Paisum, Alolo Machirin. This one should become possible, and this one should become kosher. Shama Yemer Adam, Hechani Lama, Tayra Miata. So, how can I learn Tayra? Everybody's saying different things. So, what the heck I learn Tayra from? There's a mistake, there's a mistake in transmission. Miata, Tamalim, right there for the Tayra says, Kulam Nasnumi Raya Echad. All the Tayra was given from one shepherd. The way it works is that all of the Torah that we have today is also actually all coming from just one person, right? And one Hashem gave it to them, one leader, Moshe Rabbeinu, as it's written, and Hashem spoke all of these words. So too, you should make your ear like Afar uh, and you should acquire a lave maven lishmaya stivre, a stivre matamid, a stivre matarim. And you should be able to accept both, or at least understand the words of both those who make say, say that this is tame, and at the same time, those who say that something is tar. The ones who say that it's forbidden, the ones who say it's permitted. The ones who say that it's kosher, the ones who say that it's not kosher. So in, in this manner, in this manner, he then says like this says, you can't say this is an orphan generation. The Lesbian is still alive. Why didn't they? Why indeed didn't they tell him the Lesbian Isaiah said why right away? Why did they first start saying, "Well, we are students; we can't talk"? Why? Because of an incident that happened. He went to, to greet the Lesbian in Damascus in Lud. We sat and we decided the lands of Amun and Mayav, you have to take in, in the Shvias here, it's not even considered to be Eretz Yisrael, not obligated in Shvias, and therefore it's still considered owned land, and therefore you're obligated to give in the Aniyam Meiser uh, one-tenth in Shvias. Said, he said, uh, says to them, Open up your hands, right, and and accept your and 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 you're losing what you're you're losing what you're actually able to see. So what does this mean? Pasha diadcha vekibel enav. So they stretched out his hands and he lost his sight. There's a terrible story. So they didn't want to have a situation where this happens again. So, um, one second. Pasha diadcha vekibel enav. It is a secret of Hashem to those who fear him, and a covenant 
to be revealed. Amar lei leich amar laham go say to them al tachoshu leminyanchem. Kach mitkublani miramiyachem mitzakeh. This is what I've accepted. Miyachem mitzakeh. Shesham miraba. You heard from his master, Rabbi Miraba, and his master from his master. They have to take the one-tenth. They have to take one-tenth at this time. They take one-tenth during the, the Shemitah year. What's the reason? There are many towns and provinces that the people who came up from Yerushalayim, they conquered. The people come back up from Babel, did not conquer. Whether or not the the kedusha that happened to the land when it came up initially when they made it holy when they conquered it does that last forever or does it not last and this is going with the, like the opinion that it does not last if it wasn't reconquered when the bnei Babel came up it was did not it's not going to last. So it's good we want to leave that as not holy so that the poor people have something to rely on on shvias. After he had calmed down, he said that it should be the will of Hashem that Yisim and Damascus' eyes should go back to its place, and indeed they went back to its place. Okay, we're going to stop over here. We have to leave something for Shabbos. We can't finish everything this week. We're always supposed to you work during the week, so you have something left for Shabbos. And this is, I think, our work during the week that we're going to leave over Shabbos. Um, but I think it is.